You know, both poverty and prosperity are concrete examples of trials that test our faith. Either one of them may end up in a spiritual disaster. The Christian who is poor materially can rejoice in his or her high spiritual position as a child of God. You see, the highest position a person could ever have is a servant to the Creator of all things. While the rich person can rejoice in new values unbeknownst to them before their surrender to Christ. Now, realizing now, after the renewing of the mind, the temporal or fading away nature of earthly wealth, as opposed to the eternal benefits of spiritual possessions, the fading away aspect refers to certain destruction of people that are rich only in temporary things, which will perish and have no eternal value. Welcome, everyone, to Fill the Lamp. I'm Neil Parks. We are working our way through the letter from James to the church. And the one thing you can be sure of is that James doesn't mince his words as he describes true followers of Christ acknowledge his sovereignty over their lives and willing commit themselves to his service. Let's pick it up in James chapter 1 verses 9 through 11. Verse 9, James says, Believers who are poor should be glad that God considers them so important. Believers who are rich should be glad when bad things happen that humble them. Their riches won't keep them from disappearing as quickly as wildflowers. In verse 11, James says, As the sun rises and gets hotter, its heat dries up the plants and the flowers fall off. The flowers that were so beautiful are now dead. That's how it is with the rich. While they are still making plans for their business, they will die. Now, I remember reading a world statistic one some time ago that if you make more than $1,500 in a year's time, you are considered rich. So what are we looking at here? Is the majority of the world population is poor. I think 1 John chapter 2, verse 16 has the best understanding in that regard. John says, All the things the world can offer to you, the allure of pleasure, the passion to have things, and the pompous sense of superiority, do not come from the Father. These are the rotten fruits of the world. I love how the message translation puts it also. In the message it says, Don't love the world's ways. Don't love the world's goods. Love of the world squeezes out love for the Father. 
practically everything that goes on in the world, wanting your own way, wanting everything for yourself, wanting to appear important, has nothing to do with the Father. It just isolates you from Him. The world and all its wanting, wanting, wanting is on the way out. But whoever does what God wants is set for eternity. That's pretty good information, I would say. Now, Paul's message to Timothy in 1 Timothy 6, verses 10, Paul puts it into perspective as to the wicked of what wealth can ultimately lead to. He's telling Timothy, for the love of money, that is, the greedy desire for it and the willingness to gain it unethically, is a root of all sorts of evil. And some, by longing for it, have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves through and through with many sorrows. Now, my friends, the most expensive thing that you could ever possess has been given to all mankind as a gift. You see, money is a moot point when it comes to salvation. The cost of yours and my salvation was paid for by Jesus Christ's death at Calvary. Rich or poor, it doesn't matter. We accept by faith that Jesus' death was the only payment that could ever set us free. So here we are, rich or poor, and money is not the issue. But there is a cost involved for mankind. The cost is surrender. So, let's read how Jesus handles a young man that wants to have heaven and money. Jesus counsels the rich young ruler in Matthew 19, verses 16 through 22. He says, Now behold, one came and said to him, Good teacher, what good thing I do shall I do that I may have eternal life? So he, Jesus, said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but one, that is God. But if you want to enter into life, keep the commandments. He said to him, Which ones? Jesus said, You shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness. Honor your father and your mother, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Verse 20, The young man said to him, All these things I have kept from my youth. What do I still lack? Jesus said to him, If you want to be perfect, go, sell what you have, and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and come follow me. But when the young man heard that saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. Now, here James is informing us in chapter 1, Verse 10 of James, 
that the critical must of humility is mandatory when it comes to the wisdom and understanding of wealth and prosperity. Look what he says in verse 10. Believers who are rich should be glad when bad things happen to them that, get this, humble them. Their riches won't keep them from disappearing as quickly as wildfires. There is a cost, you can say, to follow Jesus that we must do by taking up our cross daily as we follow him. And with that said, let's pray. Father God, we come before you this very moment, Lord. And whether we're poor or whether we're rich, Father God, we want your will done in our lives. This world around us, Lord, is falling apart. The world is. But Lord, you are our source. You are our only hope. And I pray that each and every listener today that is listening to this podcast will understand the world is on its way out and you are on your way back. I pray, Father God, and lift up these listeners right now, wherever they're at, right this moment. I put them on your altar, Lord, and ask, Holy Spirit, that you would get into their hearts and convince them to surrender. And I pray this in the only name that that means anything, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen and amen. Well, my folks, it's it's been another good good moment. And it's good to have you here at Fill the Lamp. And until next time, God bless you. I'm Neil Parks. <laughs>